0: Here's what's coming up on today's show.
1: Employers' health care plans aren't as great as they used to be, right? We're finding people are paying $500, $600, $900 a month for coverage. It's time for the Retirement Reality Podcast with the founder of Principal Preservation Services, Mike Koyanen.
0: Welcome into the Retirement Reality Podcast. I'm Ben George, the Mike Coy, and founder and owner of Principal Preservation Services. We've got a good show for you today. Mike, we got a kind of a two-part episode we're going to break out and, and start with part one today. But ma- mastering retirement cash flow, and the first part of this is understanding changing expenses. And I don't know if anybody ever gets great at mastering cash flow, but it's it's kind of a work in progress. But there are some important things to pay attention to.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, we're always looking at expenses I just had a, a three client reviews today client reviews coming in and that's one thing that we do we we jump into the expenses and for sometimes for some people it doesn't really change much um, from the last three six months for some people it changes drastically so uh, I think some of these will be fitting from what I went through today with with uh, a couple
0: all right very good well if you have questions for Mike Just give a call, 855-987-8888, or just log on, principalpreservationservices.com. All of our podcasts, plus videos, and a lot of other great resources can be found right there on the website as well. So again, we want to explore many of the expenses in your life that actually might drastically change. One way or another, in retirement, and we're going to break these expenses down further, see which ones are the top priorities, and analyze some of the other factors that will impact your cash flow in retirement. So again, this is a two-part. We'll focus more on the income side next time, but the first part of this cash flow is understanding expenses, so important to do, and most people do not have a handle on. So let's right. start off, Mike, with uh, some of the expenses, and then we'll kind of list out some of the ones that you see that might drastically change in your retirement uh, for for clients
1: yeah let's start with housing. That's a huge one, and uh, we see you know a lot of times maybe your housing your your mortgage gets paid off soon or I've had a lot of people say I only owe like thirty grand or fifty grand Should I just take it out of my i r a to pay off the house uh usually a bad idea because you're in the back end of that mortgage and why would you pay all these this you know income taxes on your um your IRA or 401k withdrawal to pay that off. But what we are seeing a lot today, when this happened today with clients came in, actually, they have they have a really tough neighbor. And sometimes you move in a neighborhood, you don't know who the neighbors are, and or the neighbors change, and you get a, a testy neighbor, like, we don't even enjoy living here anymore. We actually want to move. And so, but you know, now you're looking at the interest rate environment where the mortgage rates are today. When you're looking at a, an interest rate, you might have had under a 3% and now rates today are in the sixes, well, um, it's, it's different. You get less bang for your buck today. So it's important to run those numbers to find out, okay, if you're going to maybe downsize, or in their situation, just really keep the same value of the house, but move to a different area. You know, you get the same size mortgage, but you're gonna be paying more money because the interest rates are different. Or we also have scenarios where people wanna buy a you know, second home. Um, a retirement home um, so it's good to run the numbers to find out does it fit your budget it, they, they change and then it happens all the time where people retire it had no you know, it was never even brought up in discussion it had no interest in moving to a different state or having a second home in a state and all of a sudden they have and all of a sudden they bought one on a whim and we have to make a change to your plan but uh, important thing is to run those numbers by and find out how is it going to fit in your expenses
0: yeah Housing, the first one, is so important. I, you know, once you're in retirement too, Mike, not everybody stops working, but a lot of people do, right? So mm-hmm. there's a lot of expenses I, I think you don't, you just kind of take for granted day to day because they are just been part of your life for so long in your routine. But there's a lot of stuff that goes away when you're not working anymore that you're no longer paying
1: for. Yeah, we, we see a lot of expenses drop because it's like I'm not driving to the office. And sometimes in you know, the metro here, Minneapolis-St. Paul, you might have been in traffic 45 minutes to an hour each way. And so you're spending a lot more money in gas. Um, some people had to pay for parking. Some people had to, you know, wear professional clothing. So they're they're buying, you know, you know, you know, professional clothing, or sometimes you're just buying work clothes. You know, steel-toed boots and and uh, you know work clothes and paying money for certifications and all the things that went with your job that you don't have to pay anymore. So we're seeing a big drop in that. So it's a good thing to see. Um, those could change for the better on your expenses when you're done with work. Now, sometimes we do see the opposite where so I had a company truck and they paid for my gas. <laughs> so then all of a sudden it's like, oh, I have to start paying for my, my a vehicle payment again. I have to start paying for gas that I wasn't paying. Or I, they paid for my cell phone. Now I have to pay for that again. So we could see the opposite of that as well, that you might have more expenses when you're done with work because maybe your, your work did cover some of those.
0: Yeah, that's true. Hopefully, you are in a good situation, but that will end up costing you after retirement. Uh, what about health care, Mike? This is an expense that I assume is always going up. Is there ever a situation where the health care expenses come down in retirement?
1: Well, you know, we're finding you know, employers' health care plans aren't as great as they used to be, right? We're finding people who are paying 500 600 $900 a month for coverage. Um, through the healthcare, I think we're past the days where uh, the company pays for healthcare and you know it's free. You know you don't pay a dime or you pay twenty bucks a month or twenty you know something very little. We don't see those anymore. So sometimes we're finding when people retire and they go on Medicare at sixty five, that sometimes their their Medicare cost for healthcare is cheaper than what they were paying in their employer sponsor plans. A lot of times it's very comparable. Um, and when you pay $165 a month for Medicare Part B, you have a Part D, which is prescription drug plans, 10 to $15 a month. Um, and then you have a supplement plan, which might be, depends on what state you're in, might be as, you know, 125 It might be as high as $275 a month. Depends on what state you're at and where you live. So you're looking at you know, four hundred dollars maybe a month, and you know, in certain states, it might only be two hundred fifty dollars a month in other states, two seventy five. So uh, per person, so you might be saving, you might not. And if you retired before sixty five, if your income is low enough, you could qualify for um, you know, marketplace, the you know, Affordable Care Act, um, and have some um, subsidized health care. and you can be paying very little on that for a lot of people if you keep your income low enough. So. That's one thing to look at. Make sure you understand those numbers before you do retire.
0: All right. Talking through some of the expenses that are going to change in retirement, likely for you one way or the other. Taxes is next up, Mike. I, I, which way does this typically go? I guess I think most people would assume that taxes will come down since you're not making as much money.
1: Most of the time it does. Most of the time we're seeing people who are in typically in that 22 or 24 bracket move down a bracket in retirement um, because- you know, now your yeah, your income might be coming down, but um, a lot of times your net is very similar, because, you know, you were grossing, but you're contributing to your investments, you're in, you know, contributing to your 401ks, your IRAs, maybe, your, like I said earlier, maybe your healthcare came down, you're not driving to the office as much, and some of your income might be based on Social Security, where Social Security is, you know, depends on what state you're in, um, taxed or non-taxed, but even if they do tax it, it's, you know, at most 85% of your benefit could be taxed as regular income. But we are seeing most people's taxes come down, and it's good to see those numbers. And Minnesota just recently passed legislation. I don't have all the details of it, but as long as you're not going to be considered high income um, in Minnesota, you will not be paying taxes on your Social Security anymore. I think that goes into effect next year. I'll have to get the details. It was just like just days ago past. We have to get the exact details on what the numbers are, but it sounds like it, they're finally moving in the right direction in Minnesota.
0: Yeah, that's good to hear. All right, retirement savings, another expense here that you might have. And this is, I guess, one of the maybe biggest budget items you have during ret- during your working career, right, Mike, is you want to peel off as much as you can and stick it into retirement savings. Well, now you don't have that expense anymore.
1: Yeah, like I mentioned in the taxes, it brought your taxes down. When you contribute, you no longer are contributing. If you don't have income, you cannot contribute. Uh, Remember, there are, uh, if one of the spouses, if you're married, if one of you two are working, um, you can still do a spousal contribution uh, as long as um, you guys qualify for that. So you wanna make sure that you qualify before you just add money to your investments. But you still might have the ability to contribute if, if your spouse has income and you can't put more money into the investments than what you make. So you have to watch that as well. But yeah, retirement savings, I mean, for you have to look at it. You're no longer getting that free money from your employer. Um, you're no longer contributing. So it's a different, it's a game changer. And uh, so when you're not putting in, some people have been maxing out their 401ks this year, you can put up to $30,000 into the a 401k, which is $2,500 a month, and you retire. Well, that's you know, $2,500 a month, you're not paying out anymore. So um, that's a huge savings as well. That's why you can live on the lower, uh, you know, lower income because you have, in uh, lower taxes um, because you're not at that high income. So uh, something to consider and that's why when people say, I'm in making 125,000, how am I gonna, how are we gonna live off of 70, 75,000? Well, a lot of times we can show you it's doable because of these changes.
0: All right, a couple more categories here for expenses. Travel and leisure. Now this is one I would assume will be going up for sure.
1: Most of the time. Yeah. yeah. People are like, I haven't been traveling. We desire to travel or because ever since COVID we haven't been traveling and um you know, we're we're always putting a travel budget in there. So I think it's good to do that. And especially we talk about the go go years, that's the first you know, roughly, you know, eight ten years in retirement, you're going, you're going, you're going, you're going to travel. You're going to spend the most money because that's when you are the youngest and the healthiest. So, uh, make sure that is factored in your plan, so you have the money fact, you know, calculated in to spend, to do a travel travel. So we have a lot of people who are spending about a thousand dollars a month. We we factored in monthly twelve grand a year. Some people say that's excessive, but when you look at for a decent trip for two people, you know, that's a couple trips a year, right? Um, and if you do anything international, it's just a lot more expensive to go there. So if you, you know, maybe do an international or a very low key, you know, domestic trip, that's probably within the budget there. So, uh, definitely factor that in. And that usually does go up in retirement.
0: All right. Last one then Mike for expenses, uh, insurance. What is, what changes here? Does this typically go up or does it come down?
1: Well, we typically see insurance drop. I mean, when you look at, you know, disability, usually disability is tied to your work and you don't pay disability insurance if you're not working. So that's done. Uh, A lot of the life insurance plans that you have through your work, you don't get to keep after you retire, you quit. Those stay with the employer and that those 95% of those, you cannot continue if you even wanted to. So those go down and those aren't usually huge expenses anyways. But then we look at other life insurance. So you have to look at it does it make sense to maintain life insurance in retirement well for a lot of people it doesn't make sense if your house is paid off and and you look like you look at the whole big picture we always figure the worst of you you know the worst situation you know we plan for the worst hope for the best which you know let's plan for Tarzan you know to pass away before Jane and we want to make sure that Uh, Jane has enough to live off of. Do you need life insurance to cover a gap? A lot of times we're finding out the house is paid off, um, expenses drop if Tarzan does pass, and Jane should be able to make it um, pretty well without life insurance. Now sometimes there's still a mortgage and there's still too big of a gap there that you might have to maintain some life insurance. So the whole point is have a life insurance review to find out does it make sense? Uh, to maintain it should you pick up something cheap like a term policy for another you know, 10 or 15 years to cover that gap because that's the cheapest insurance uh, a lot of times we're finding these variable universal lives or these index universal lives or we've seen a lot of these life plans that will change um, variable universal life uh, will change when um, the older you get the cost of insurance goes up and so in the fine print on some of these statements if you look at them Um, I'm not trying to pick out any companies, but there's, you know, one one that's tied to the Lutheran community. uh, We see a lot of these are expiring in the mid to late 70s. And people are like, wow, it says in fine print. If you make these same payments and you don't increase your payments, the cost of life insurance will increase. Your your policy is expected to lapse at this date. And a lot of people are like, I've never read that before. Um, So... You have to be very aware of that because those are those policies that we call them eat them. They cannibalize themselves. They eat themselves up, and so they'll eventually be worthless if that's all you're making those payments for. Um, you want to make sure that you maximize that. So if the that cash value is starting to decrease in those life insurance plans, you might want to look to get something different, and you can roll that cash value into a uh, a different plan that might be better fit you. So, uh, but typically life insurance is going down and most people are cutting back on what they need for life insurance. You might not need a half a million anymore. You might want to keep one of the policies and you're just insured up to 150 or 250,000. Right.
0: Well, we're looking at cash flow and how you can master that in retirement, and we're focusing here in part one on the expenses. So, Mike, when you look at all these different expenses you're going to have, you can really break these down, I guess, into must-haves and things that are also nice to have. So when you look at your clients and how they like to categorize things, how does this typically work for them? Are they pretty universal in terms of what they throw into one category versus the other?
1: Yeah, there's a couple of categories. I mean, I tell this to my children, too. I mean, they say, I need this. I go, a want and a need are two different things, right? So you have to understand what is a want and what is a need. And so, you know, the must-haves, that the needs, obviously housing, healthcare, you know, food, you know, groceries, transportation, um, obviously the insurance on that as well, and paying off any, any debts, any obligations that you've already had. So those things we have to talk about So when we do those expenses. Now, the extras are the things that we can cut back or increase based off what the budget allows. And, you know, the, um, the nice-to-haves, I guess you could call it, or, you know, the wants. Travel, of course, is the big one. How much can you travel based off what, you know, your budget allows? Um, your hobbies, you know, can you golf more? Can you do the, your hobbies more? Can you go to more concerts? Can you go to baseball games, football games, you know, things like that? So the activity is gifting. Can you give to your kids? Can you do a little bit bigger gifting? We find a lot of people can't afford. You know, last year was a tougher year in the market, and some people have cut back on that. So we used to give two hundred dollars a month on average to our kids, grandkids. Now we're doing about a hundred bucks a month on average because now we're on a fixed income. Um, and donations, you know, and a lot of people have cut back on those as well, especially when you go in retirement. You're on a you know fixed income. Donations aren't going to be for a lot of people as lucrative or as generous as, as you'd like to be because financially you have less income and so uh, you def- definitely have to cut back on those for majority of people in retirement and obviously when you look at other entertainment activities that you might be able to, to be part of uh, house renovations can be expensive can, you know can you afford that remodel um yeah, it'd be nice to have a new kitchen, be nice to have a new flooring, be nice to have that three season porch or whatever it might be on the house, but does it fit the budget? Construction costs right now are still high. You know, I got a bid for a pole barn three years ago. I think the pole barn was bid at forty two thousand. Um three years later the same pole barn, eighty thousand. Hmm. You know, nothing changed. It's just it's just three years difference and the cost of materials have gone up not just materials but also labor. They can charge you more for labor right now than they ever have because still people are willing to pay for it and that's driving up the cost. Mm.
0: Well, let's then talk about some expenses that maybe people aren't thinking about or some other factors that play into this. And you kind of you kind of talked about inflation a little bit, but what are some of the other things that that will contribute to cash flow problems in retirement?
1: Yeah, longevity, living longer than you expect. There's so many people come in. I'm not going to live past, you know, 78 or 80. I go, well, um, I started asking, what about mom? What about dad? What about grandma and grandpa? How long do they live? Yeah, but, you know, this and that. Well, we have to plan. You know, we have to plan for that because we'd hate to have your your money only last till age 80 and you happen to live till age 88. Those last eight years could be miserable, right? Mm -hmm. So we want to make sure you're budgeting for that. Um, it's not fun just you know, if you got a budget of 6000 a month and your Social Security only covers 5000 you know, for, for the household. Well, that's tough. And if you used up all your retirement accounts, that's not fun. So you want to make sure your money is going to last you. You retire at 65, a get 20, 25, 30 years. Um, and people are living longer than they ever used to, so you need to plan for, for – uh, you don't want to outlive your money. You want your money to outlive you. And it's, it's great when people say, I want my last check to the undertaker to bounce. Oh, great. I said, I wish we could all plan for that, but that's that's usually not the case. Uh, inflation is, is up there. Uh, we've had two really tough years of inflation. And so we also had a few years not too long ago that there was very low inflation. So, I mean, everybody's been complaining about the food cost and how expensive it, it is to eat out how expensive it is to get to the grocery store. You know, two bags of groceries, you know, five years ago, you know, talking about 30 bucks, you know, now it seems like it's like $60, $75, it seems like. So it seems like we're getting a lot less for the value. I saw a food cost uh, article talking about people are paying 24% more in food today this year than they were paying two years ago, and I believe it. Um, fortunately, we have our own eggs, so we, we're kind of growing our own A little hobby farm is situation here, so we don't have to pay for eggs. But everybody complains about the cost of what eggs are. Mm -hmm. Um, Driving, eating out, I've uh, just for two people to eat out. You know, these the cost on these uh, these restaurants are are very high. So if you had a habit of eating out every week or a couple times a week. Can you maintain that in retirement because of the costs are so much higher? I mean, you might have to change your your budget down to a steak budget, down to a burger budget, or something like that. But um, it is getting expensive uh, to eat out. Uh, let's look at investment investment returns. Well, we can't guarantee it. In the be- in a best case scenario, we hope you're in that. It all depends where you're at. Just save your moderate risk. We want you to be in that five, six, seven percent average return. But there's going to be years you get double digit returns, but there's years like last year where the S and P 500 was down 19.4 percent. Well, when people have unrealistic unrealistic expectations and they said, "Well, I didn't make any money in the market last year," I'm like, "Yeah, but we limited your loss." Or some of the people we had safe accounts, they didn't lose any, but they still were unhappy. I was like, "Wait, you didn't lose." But you still are unhappy when the market was down. So you have to understand there's, there's good years, there's bad years. and unfortunately, I think we were all spoiled how great the market was from you know March of 2009 to roughly January of 2022. You know, we had uh, about a, a, a 13-year almost bull run where the market, markets were positive most of those years with a tough coronavirus bubble in there for a period of time but that was quickly recovered but people got so spoiled on how the market was going up almost every year and that's not normal and unfortunately people got spoiled with that so you have to expect there's good years there's bad years and I think reality set in with people this last few years dealing with the coronavirus and what happened in 2022 that yeah you can't expect that you're always going to every year be in that you know, five, six, seven percent average return or double-digit return so often. Um, And then lastly here, things that you should be very concerned about is having a proper amount of money in an emergency fund. I've talked about this for years, and especially when I used to do a lot of TV appearances, um, which I put that in the back burner just for time. while working, you should have three months up to six months of your expenses set aside in emergency fund. And when I am say emergency fund, I'm not talking about your IRA or 401k. I'm talking about bank account, cash on hand, something like that, that you don't have to liquidate an investment to get your money out. You need to have that money available uh, quickly for emergency. But when you're retired, now you're on a fixed income, you need to have a little bit bigger cushion. You need six months up to 12 months of your expenses put aside. And I really like that and stick that stick to that because we go back three years ago during the coronavirus, you know the people who were most hurt or the people who had didn't they were living paycheck to paycheck. They didn't have any emergency money put aside. If somebody would have had a you know three month, six month window, uh, they a lot of people would have been fine. But they panicked and because they didn't have that, and then they got behind on rent, they got behind on this, they had car issues and car payments because they didn't, they didn't plan. And I think that's where reality set in. They found out they were not prepared for something out of their control. And so you never want to be in that situation again. Really work in getting your emergency fund built up to those three to six if you're working, six months to 12 months if you're retired.
0: Well, you mentioned planning being so important. Mike, let's close it out on that note then. How does... You and your team's planning process actually help manage these expenses that are always changing in retirement and and help create that consistent cash flow for your clients.
1: Yeah, expenses is a big part of what we build out when we're helping people for their retirement plan. And we we spend so much time in our, our initial meeting gathering expenses. And might spend thirty to forty-five minutes on going over the expenses at, at first, um, and people are like, "Wow, I thought we were going to talk about money." I go, "We we are, but we want to find out how much money do you need to have, and how much money you need to take out uh, for your expenses." So it's a big part of it. But as people are, you know, have their reviews, and some people are having three or four reviews a year. Some people are only having one. Some people are having two. It all depends on the situation. But we're always looking at the budget to see what is changing, and not only that, we're adjusting them with inflation each year. It's not realistic to expect no inflation. Um, if you need seven, eight thousand a month to live, we want to make sure what that looks like in the future, and also have a, a an actively moving budget that shows what it will be, you know, this summer. You know, if you retire here in a couple months, well maybe your budget drops down or it increases. So the nice thing is what we do with our budget plan is we put specific dates. When does your employer healthcare drop off? When does Medicare kick in? Or maybe you're on COBRA for you know six months to a year before Medicare. Um, so we have an actively moving budget based off your specific situation. So we're gonna have higher expenses for a period, We might have lower expenses for a period, but you want to make sure it's as detailed and accurate as possible. And we're always updating it uh, to make sure if anything are, is changing. But it should go up with inflation as, as time goes on as well.
0: All right. Well, if you want to learn more about the team at Principal Preservation Services and, and how you can start building out your plan to account for these changing expenses and to master your cash flow, which is the goal here in retirement, you can always find Mike online at Principal Preservation Services.com or you can call him at 855 855- All right, Mike, part two coming up and we'll talk more on the income side of things so we can balance it all out as part of this complete discussion. So please hit subscribe to the show and we'll talk to you again soon.